welcome to Red Wine Reads, a community of book lovers talking about our favorite and not-so-favorite books while pouring a glass or two of wine. I'm your host, Jenna Miller, and today is a very special day as we get to reveal the books we will be reading and reviewing in February. Whether you want to read one, none, or all of these books, the choice is up to you, but we're here to provide you these books beforehand so you can read along with us. We'll be having great conversations all month, so we hope you can join. Everyone has different tastes, but we hope this podcast is fun to listen to no matter how you like your books. Let me know which books you are most excited for on our Instagram and TikTok at rwreadspodcast. That's at R-W-R-E-A-D-S-P-O-D-C-A-S-T. I'm looking forward to hearing from you. So without further ado, let's pull some corks and get previewing. First up in February is the memoir titled Stay True by Hua Xu. Here's the summary from Amazon. In the eyes of 18-year-old Hua, the problem with Ken, with his passion for Dave Matthews, Abercrombie and Fitch, and his fraternity, is that he is exactly like everyone else. Ken, whose Japanese-American family has been in the United States for generations, is mainstream. For Hua, the son of Taiwanese immigrants who make zines and haunts Bay Area record shops, Ken represents all that he defines himself in opposition to. The only thing that Hua and Ken have in common is that however they engage with it, American culture doesn't seem to have a place for either of them. But despite his first impressions, Hua and Ken become friends, a friendship built on late night conversations over cigarettes, long drives along the California coast, and the successes and humiliations of everyday college life. And then, violently, senselessly, Ken is gone, killed in a carjacking not even three years after the day they first met. Determined to hold on to all that was left of one of his closest friends, his memories, Hua turned to writing. Stay True is the book he's been working on ever since, a coming-of-age story that details both the ordinary and extraordinary. Stay True is a bracing memoir about growing up and about moving through the world in search of meaning and belonging. So, this is... A book I'm very excited for because I've always been a memoir fan and this book in particular because I'm also a huge fan of coming of age stories. So this really just, you know, melds the two worlds together. This is just going to be a touching story. I might cry. I probably will cry knowing myself. So stay tuned for that. Here are some quick facts to maybe hopefully get you interested in this story. So it's a New York Times top 10 book of the year in 2022. And Hua is a staff writer at The New Yorker. He's a contributor writer to many publications as well. He was featured on CBS Sunday Morning. Just a fantastic writer. So I think that this book will not only tell a great story, but he will be able to write it in such a way that is just going to be beautifully told. His work includes investigations of immigrant culture in the United States, as well as public perceptions of diversity and multiculturalism. So in addition to it just being a good story, I think it's going to be an informative story as well, um, which as a journalism major and a fan of journalistic writing, I think that this is just going to be, you know, in the sweet spot of the books that I like, and hopefully it will be in the sweet spot of what you will like. And the last quick fact is his first book, A Floating Chinaman Fantasy and Failure Across the Pacific, was published in June 16th. So this is his second book, but it really just took off. And so Stay True is the one that's kind of been sweeping the nation. But depending on how this book goes, I might look into his other book. I'm going to be reviewing the book Stay True with Ella. And as you may recall, we just reviewed uh, Mean Baby, another memoir by Selma Blair. That was an amazing conversation. I love talking about that story with her. So I'm even more excited to talk about Stay True with her. I think it's just going to be an informed and really interesting conversation. 
Alrighty, book two is gonna be a classic. Boy, am I excited for this one. It's gonna be Little Women by Louisa May Alcott. Now, Little Women is known by a lot of people, but I'm still gonna give you the summary from Amazon because we gotta keep it consistent, you know? Little Women is a novel by American author Louisa May Alcott which was originally published in two volumes in 1868 and 1869, Alcott wrote the books rapidly over several months at the request of her publisher. The novel follows the lives of four sisters, Meg, Joe, Beth, and Amy March, detailing their passage from childhood to womanhood and is loosely based on the author and her three sisters. Little Women was an immediate commercial and critical success and readers demanded to know more about the characters. Alcott quickly completed a second volume entitled Good Wives. It was also successful. The two volumes were issued in 18. 80 in a single work entitled Little Women. Alcott also wrote two sequels to a popular work, both of which featured the March sisters Little Men in 1871 and Joe's Boys in 1886. Although Little Women was a novel for girls, it differed notably from the current writings for children, especially girls. The novel addressed three major themes, domesticity, work, and true love, all of them independent and each necessary to the achievement of its heroine's individual identity. Little Women has been read as romance or as a quest or both. It has been read as a family drama that validates virtue over wealth, but also as a means of escaping that life by women who knew its gender constraints only too well. According to Sarah Albert, Alcott created a new form of literature that took elements from romantic children's fiction and combined it with others from sentimental novels, resulting in a totally new format. Albert argued within Little Women can be found the first vision of the all-American girl and her multiple aspects are embodied in the differing march sisters. So Little Women kind of came back into the forefront of our cultural conversation in most recent years after the 2019 film came out that starred Florence Pugh, Saoirse Ronan, Emma Watson, and Eliza Scanlon. Uh, Meryl Streep made an appearance, Timothy Chalamet made an appearance, so it was just a star-studded cast, but also a very good movie. I cannot speak to it because unfortunately I haven't watched it yet because I wanted to read the book first because I have not read the book, even though that this is my mother's favorite book of all time. I actually have her copy that she got as a kid, and so I'm very, very excited to read it because it's been on our shelves for ever since I was a little girl. This is my chance. <laughs> and so I'm going to read it and I'm also going to watch the movie. So I'll have a little review on both when the time comes. So stay tuned for that. And if you like the movie, then by all means, go read the book because I'm sure it's just as good, if not better. You know me, I'm going to be one who always values the book over the movie, even though I'm a huge movie lover, but that's just how I roll. I'm sorry, I'm pretentious, I'm going to own it. Here are some quick facts to hopefully get you a little more interested in this book. Alcott wrote Little Women in record time for money. <laughs> Gotta keep that bank full. But uh, the book's immediate success surprised both her and her publisher. So she just wanted to get money in the bank and then all of a sudden this book took off and actually caused her to make more money, which is even better. <laughs> uh, the title of the book is said to represent the period of a young woman's life where childhood and elder childhood are overlapping with young womanhood. Therefore, little women, kind of an oxymoron there. And it is one of the most widely read novels out there because of its popularity and because it was written back in uh, the late 1800s. And this was adapted to a film, like I said, in 2019, but it was also adapted into a film in 1994 as well. Feel free to go take a look at both of those if you haven't already. Even if you watch the film and don't really want to read the book, still come back to this review because I'm sure uh, there'll be lots of great conversations happening. I will be reading Little Women with Sierra, and I think, you know, her love of romance 
is just going to add to this conversation even that much more because like the summary said, this is a book about romance. It is a book about kind of relationships in general between your family, between your sisters, and also some romantic relationships. So I think that interesting dynamic is going to lead to some really fun conversations about, you know, femininity, about sisterhood, and I cannot be more excited. Book three. Now, I'm going to try to do these before I read these books so I can kind of come into this a little blind, but I have read this book and boy, am I excited about this book. (laughs) Yeah, I'm going to be a little biased on this one, so I apologize for that. Again, I try to come in very objective. This was the rare exception. A Certain Hunger by Chelsea G. Summers. Here's the summary from Amazon. Food critic Dorothy Daniels loves what she does. Discerning, meticulous, and very, very smart, Dorothy's clear mastery of the culinary arts make it likely that she could, on any given night, whip up a more inspired dish than any one of the chefs she writes about. Dorothy loves sex as much as she loves food, and while she has struggled to find a long-term partner that can keep up with her, she makes the best of her single life, frequently traveling from Manhattan to Italy for a taste of both. But there is something within Dorothy that's different from everyone else, and having suppressed it long enough, she starts to embrace what makes Dorothy uniquely terrifyingly herself. Recounting her life from a seemingly idyllic farm-to-table childhood, the heights of her career, to the moment she plunges an ice pick into a man's neck on Fire Island, Dorothy Daniels show us what happens when a woman finally embraces her superiority. A satire of early foodieism, a critique of how gender is defined, and a showcase of virtuoso storytelling, Chelsea G. Summers' A Certain Hunger introduces us to the food world's most charming psychopath and an exciting new voice in fiction. Like I said, I have read this already and personally absolutely loved it. I can see why other people may find it a tad bit graphic on both the sexual and the just gross ends of things. Um, She really gets into the very finite details of each murder, but... To me, I think the storytelling was superb. I think her voice in this is just amazing. And the weird, almost feminist story of it, storyline of it, makes no sense, yet I was loving it. So anyways, I have to hype this book up just because I loved it that much. But it did receive a 3.9 out of 5 on Goodreads, so there are very mixed reviews. Some people found it a little too pretentious of writing. Some people found it too graphic. Some people thought it was just way too over the top and didn't really make sense. But other people like myself thought the writing was superb, thought the idea was so unique and just one of a kind and absolutely loved the storytelling of it. So it's a mixed bag here. (laughs) This book was published in 2019 and Summers kind of describes this journey to write it taking many, many years. And it first came out as an in an audio format and then just exploded on a book talk. And so people just started picking it up. It's kind of become a cultural phenomena where people are absolutely talking about it online, which is exactly what you want for a book like this that is so out of this world. And so it did exactly what Summers wanted it to do, was just spark these conversations all throughout the internet. It is her debut novel. And also Summers describes herself on her website as a recovering academic extripper and woman of a certain age. She lives in Manhattan and writes almost exclusively about sex. And that definitely comes through in this 
novel. It does not shy away from any description of any body part doing anything. So again, it's not for the faint of heart or for people with weak stomachs. So keep that in mind. But if you're willing to kind of open your mind and read a really weird, really unique and really just wild ride of a book, this is a really fun one to dive into. I will be reading A Certain Hunger with one of our newest members, Rebecca. She is all in on kind of weird horror books, which is a genre I tend to steer clear from because I'm not sure if I liked them. And this is proving that you don't always judge a book by its cover and you don't always judge a book by its genre because you may love it like I did. And last but not least, book four, we are going to be reading The Midnight Library by Matt Haig. This is a book I've been meaning to read for a very long time. This has been on my TBR list since 2020 when it first came out. And ever since then, I've been getting mixed reviews from a lot of people who either loved it, really don't like it, and kind of in between. So it's been of interest to me, and I could not be more excited that Abby decided to choose this book for us to read. I'm interested to see how it goes. So here's our summary from Amazon. Somewhere out beyond the edge of the universe, there is a library that contains an infinite number of books, each one the story of another reality. One tells the story of your life as it is, along with another book for the other life you could have lived if you had made a different choice at any point in your life. While we all wonder how our lives might have been, what if you had the chance to go to the library and see for yourself? Would any of these other lives truly be better? Nora Seed finds herself faced with this decision, faced with the possibility of changing her life for a new one, following a different career, undoing old breakups, realizing her dreams of becoming a glaciologist. She must search within herself as she travels through the Midnight Library and decide what is truly fulfilling in life and what makes it worth living in the first place. I think this premise is fascinating because one, we love books here on this podcast. And also those what if stories, those kind of sliding doors type stories always intrigue me. So this book, it was published in 2020. It got a four out of five on Goodreads, so pretty high reviews. And his memoir titled Reasons to Stay Alive was the number one bestseller um, over in Britain. And it stayed in the British top 10 for over 46 weeks, <laughs> which is absurd. So that will also probably be next on my list because I got it. I got to see what all the hype about that one is. And he has sold over three million books worldwide. So this guy kind of knows what he's doing. I'm ready to jump on the Matt Haig bandwagon and see what it's all about. I will be reading this with Abby, like I said. It's a different book than what we normally read, actually. So, you know, it'll be a fun adventure. So stay tuned for that. Alrighty, that's the quick and easy show. Thanks so much for listening. If you liked it, please go give it five stars on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. If you want more book-related content, please find us on Instagram and TikTok at rwreadspodcast. Again, that's at R-W-R-E-A-D-S-P-O-D-C-A-S-T. If any of these books struck your fancy and you really want to go read it, then please go pick up the book and read along with us. You can find these books at your library, on Amazon, at Barnes & Noble, at your local bookstore. Just grab a book and start reading because we'd love to have you read along with us and participate in these conversations with us because the more takes, the better. So until next week, keep your books open and your drink glasses full. Thanks all. Thank you.